And we're live here at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by FX makeup artist, musician, actor, Dr. Satan, Walter Phelan. It's very cool to have you here. Hey, how you doing, Neil? I'm good, thanks. It was 10 Long years no ago. Seat. Yeah, it was nice to see you. Everything working here? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I was going to say it was 10 years ago when I actually met you for the 10th anniversary of House of a Thousand Corpses. And now it's the 10th anniversary of that, which makes it the 20th anniversary of House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it came out. So um, I, I guess the first question, like when you actually made it, like I know it's, you know, Rob Zombie's first uh, movies directing and stuff. But did you think like, oh, this is something people are going to really uh, attach themselves to and, you know, talk yeah. about and think about? Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I kind of knew about Rob a little bit and um, and uh, I'd seen some of his videos and such. But when I did it, it was kind of like another job. You know, I went in for three days and worked one day out of the three and was like, OK, well, that was that was kind of cool looking. You know, that was a neat thing. I have no idea what it was about, you know, or anything. So, um yeah, it was a surprise when it when it came out, and then and uh, it just kept like gaining momentum, like every week, like every week in LA at least. It it had a little teeny ad, then the next week got a little bigger, then pretty soon had a full page ad, you know, and uh, so that was pretty exciting. It, it was really fun. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. now that you mentioned that, not really knowing what it's about. So, did you actually have the whole script, or would are you were, no. were you only aware of like your scene? Yeah, just and barely anything, really nothing. I mean, I didn't get a piece of the script even or like, you know, any sights even. Um, it seemed pretty spontaneous and, and sort of improvised in a way. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, of course, everybody knows, you know, that there was a, like two weeks of reshoots that Universal paid for after they saw his original cut, which I don't remember how, I don't know how that ended. I wonder, you know, I think everyone speculates that. Yeah. So they paid for those two weeks. That's when we did all that, uh, all the catacombs and the professor and the doctor and all that. So, um, also, were you not even part of the original cut then? Or? No, no, I had never met. The only person I met was Jen. Cause she came in a few times, you know, we did scenes with her. And um, so, no, I actually didn't get to know like Sid or Bill or any of those people till, uh, like convention time started doing conventions yeah and then became friends with those people you know so yeah i had no idea really what it was yeah. and uh which was kind of my gig you know i play a lot of monsters so it's not necessarily i don't really have to know what's going on in the film you know mm -hmm. to get a sense of uh what to do acting wise or or mime wise um but i could tell just from you know just once i got in the makeup and got in the rig and we were on set and I saw what was happening, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, I felt like a puppet. Yeah. So like, oh, uh, you know, I'll just kind of act somewhat like a marionette feels that way, you know, tied to these strings. And uh, yeah. And I remember Rob said, I think we did a couple lines. I don't remember what they were, but I think he threw me a couple lines and we did maybe two or three versions of it. And then boom, I was out of makeup and out of there, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then afterwards, Wayne called me the next day and said, well, everything we filmed was out of focus. So <laughs> I was like, oh, what, it's not going to be used. And and eventually Rob put together what he could out of, you know, the footage that they had, mm -hmm. which which is what gave it another kind of dimension too. 
because it's almost like a weird still photography yeah. thing. And yeah, then it hit. slows down because he had nothing to work with. It was uh -huh. like, I guess there was nothing there. And, uh, and then, of course, later on, I guess all the footage got burned up at Universal from what I hear, you know. So, yeah, I kind of go in blind like that for most jobs, you know. Right. As so, a big monster. Yeah. So, um, for House, you just went in to play Dr. Uh, Satan. Uh, you didn't do any of the effects on that one? No, that was Wayne Toth, who uh, has worked for Rob for decades now and does all of his movies. And um, he's the one that, because Rob said, who do you think would be good for this? You know, it's real spur of the moment. And Wayne's like, oh, I work with Walt all the time. So he'll be perfect. You know, he's good and skinny. He's going to look just perfect like the drawing. And uh, um, oh, which I meant to pull out. It's in the other room, but I can go grab it in a second. Uh, I do have like an original sketch that someone gave me. Oh, that's and uh, which I think is Rob's sketch. I'm not quite sure though. Um, so yeah, Wayne just called me up and said, "Hey, there's a you know, is it Rob Zombie's making a movie? You want to be a monster in it?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and I just show up, and it's like, "All right, here, yeah, go." <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, it's kind of a silly question, maybe, but you mentioned you like you're skinny uh, for the roles. Um, I know when I had um, Ben Chapman, who played a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon in the original. Mm -hmm. one, movie he talked about like he couldn't gain like even like like a pound or lose any because you know the suit had to had to stay um yeah because they smolder right to his body uh i from people i've talked to that's not really changed that much like so no no because you have your body cast and they've you know they've sculpted the whole thing on your body at that time so if you change it all it's going to change you know how the suit fits i don't i just stay the same i don't it doesn't matter Okay, no, I was going to ask if it's been hard or if you're just naturally. No, I, I just stay the same since I was a, a youngster. You know, I just mm -hmm. don't change. Um, it's been quite a while since I've worn any suits. And then the doctor, Satan, was not really so much a suit. I mean, there was the makeup and a few prosthetics on it. And then it was mostly like body painting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't like like a Dust Till Dawn or Demon Knight or one of those films where it's like a full body suit, you know, mm -hmm. like rubber pajamas. Yeah, when you when you <laughs> see, when you see the sketch uh, for Doctor Satan or for any role, do you immediately start to like figure out how you're going to move for that character, or is it once you're in the makeup? Uh, you know, usually just once I'm in the makeup. You know, because um, I might I probably won't even see anything until the day that I actually do it, and um, and so I start thinking about it during makeup usually, which is a few hours. So I have a lot of time to like kind of, you know, settle in. And then everybody leaves you alone for a little while. So I'd be in a, a honey wagon or whatever, my little trailer or whatever. And, uh, you know, with a mirror work the face and, and, and try different movements and see what it looks like with the suit, which could be different, you know, have different appendages or thicknesses to it. Um, yeah, and a lot of it mostly like thinking animal wise, and you know, depending on the look of the thing, like different animals. I usually think about yeah. movement wise. Do you do like yeah. any research on those animals, or uh, is no, I've pretty done that my whole life. I'm an animal fan, so you know, I've had animals and kind of just looked and thought about animals my whole life. So it just kind of comes a little bit naturally, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned, you know. Oh, so the movie's made and you start to see the billboards. But even before that, because I remember uh, waiting for the movie to come out and it seemed like there was a time like it might not ever come out. 
Uh, yeah, I thought it would never come. We thought it would never come out. Yeah. And um, so after that, after we did those two weeks, well, at my three days, but he did the two weeks of reshoots, um, then Universal dumped it. So he just sat with it for, I don't know, was it a year, maybe two? I can't remember how long. And then periodically Wayne would call and say, hey, you want to go to Rob's house and shoot some stuff, you know, throw you some cash and like, sure. So we did that, I think, three times at his L.A. house that he owned it during that time. One of those old school kind of mansion houses down in uh, in L.A. And it was a very gothic looking place. And then, of course, they didn't fix it up. They just put up all their <laughs> scary yeah. torture beds and everything, you know, and all this great artwork. And uh, so that was really fun. That's some of the most fun I think I ever had was going to his house and doing that. And we shot... Um, the Albert Fish stuff there. And we did some other little insert things, tiny burning in the bed and uh, just different weird elements. And uh, so it was great. And Sherry would cook us dinner and kind of hang out there. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we thought, I thought, Oh, it's never going to come out. <laughs> and then, and then he, uh, Wayne did makeups for, let's see, Wayne, uh, Rob was directing a uh, black label society video. Um, and so I went and did like a couple of monster guys. We were like Nazi pigs. And then we were these weird, like painted up guys, just all over uh-huh. Zach Wilde. And, um, and during that Sid came down also and had the makeup put on and, uh, had like this weird Sid or Captain Spaulding little puppet that he was like walking around and laughing with this fucking giant mouth and, and, uh, that's something I've never seen. I always wonder about where that footage is. That's the only thing I've never seen. And because I asked Rob, oh, is this in the video? It seems odd you would have this. He's like, no, this is for the movie. So he just kept filming like elements for the movie. Yeah. And uh, that's the only thing I've never seen now. I'm really curious about that and wonder if it's going to be on one of the new DVDs. Yeah, it's uh, weird because um, so at the time when we didn't know it was going to come out, and I don't condone ever buying bootlegs but i actually bought a bootleg of a house of a thousand corpses because at the time no one they thought it might not ever come out so i bought it on ebay this was kind of wild west days of ebay when people could sell like anything and um and then just a couple years ago when i was watching a documentary because they said there there's legend that there is like copies of the original cut of the movie out there so i went and i i found my my old bootleg because i thought maybe i have one but i i unfortunately do not have uh the, it was the theatrical one yeah yeah oh, it was okay yeah yeah i'd love to see that so i don't know what he's got on these new dvds coming out but it says there's a doctor said makeup test and i don't know the only makeup test i remember is when we did devil's reject so i'm curious i already <laughs> ordered copies of them yeah so uh when the movie comes out so it finally comes out um uh, do you, where, where do you go see it for the first time do you see it with like the cast there was a premiere yeah he had a premiere and um took my wife down and we went and saw it and uh uh and then she leaned over and said don't ever take me one of these fucking things ever again (laughs) (laughs) and uh so that was kind of fun yeah and there was a party afterwards uh at a little club down in hollywood and um yeah that was a lot of fun and then i went back and saw it again in the theater um just by myself just to see you yeah. know i would assume the like. first time it's you're not really necessarily even seeing it as a movie it's kind of like oh this is something you don't even know anything about it and it's more yeah and, and it was yeah and um 
Yeah, I wasn't sure what I thought about it at first. It was, you know, it was like, okay, I got to kind of see this again. It was a kind of an onslaught to my eyes, and it was, <laughs> you know, I don't know. But uh, but then I ended up, I mean, I think I like it. Yeah, I think that's my favorite one of his movies. Oh, really? Okay. It seems the most like Rob Zombie to me. I would agree world. with that, um, especially the way it's cut and stuff. It seems uh, very much like his videos. Yeah, yeah. It's much more of a, like a rock and roll movie than uh, than his other ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which are, you know, I'm hot and cold on all of it. <laughs> I I actually agree. Even, you know, I, I uh, do the horror show, but uh, I'm a big fan of a lot of them, and some of them I'm, you know, I'm not a bigger fan of. I actually think uh, Lords of Salem is his probably most underrated. Maybe it's not my favorite one, but I do think it's his most underrated movie. Yeah, I did a bunch of stuff in that too. Another doctor and uh, you know a bunch of ghosts and things. That was kind of that was fun. And the masturbating priests, you know, <laughs> that was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing something like that, do you ever uh, think in your head, what, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? <laughs> well, yeah, because Rob was like that, and I knew one of the other guys was Jake who played the professor in house. Uh, <clears throat> so we knew each other and we'd done a bunch of films, you know, he he's a, did a bunch of suit stuff for KMB too, and worked for them for years. And um, so, yeah, it was funny and weird and silly. And then we had these leather gloves. So I'm like, you know, this thing's kind of dry. I can't really get a good stroke going here. So it, we, it was silly and funny and everyone was kind of joking around. And so we had a guy at one of the grips had to get a, thing of ky and had a tube of ky so he's like <laughs> filling our gloves up the t- before each take and i'm like okay well we're kind of this you know this is very you know just it's set you know it's a square and there's four of us and so you know it's all very set up how hey, i'm like what do you want the outside guys using their you know left hands and the inside guys using the right hands <laughs> rob's like whatever you're used to whatever you want to do that's embarrassing sometimes yeah and now that makes that whole scene is very funny to me now to think about like they're actually directing it like you said like which hand you're going to use and yeah yeah is, exactly yeah is everyone <laughs> in the same rhythm of stroke and yeah all these things. yes <laughs> so sometimes it's kind of embarrassing i mean i've done other things where i'm pretty much naked you know with maybe a little loincloth glued on and uh being pummeled with stuff or you know thrown down a pit or swung around on wires or something this <laughs> is something hideous you know how did you because if people don't know you go over this now you originally were a makeup artist so how did you we well, can talk about that and then also how you became uh started to become an actor yeah uh not so much a makeup artist but i mean an effects guy okay. so i was kind of just you know one of the effects rats just learning the ropes and um in 92 uh i was looking for something new to do uh, i just had a kid so i thought you know i mean i play music i play drums so that's what i've done my whole life and there's there's not that much you know money in that unless you're one of the lucky few you know what i mean so yeah it was in 93 and, and i was looking for something to do and uh something you know as a career and my cousin my, one of my first cousins was working for some model shops at the time and he was on the abyss and they were building like the big ships and the crane and the submarines. And um, so he got me a job over there and I kind of hung out for a couple of weeks and, you know, glued lights on a ship and, you know, just kind of hung out. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. And then he happened to have known uh, Scott Coulter, who was a makeup artist from uh, New York and uh, who did work on like street trash and movies like that. Oh, yeah, when he used to be in New York. 
that he was in LA and uh, he did a favor for him and in lieu of payment, he hired me. And uh, so I just started kind of sweeping up and emptying trash. And then I learned how to make molds and then learned how to cast, learned how to run foam rubber, you know, went to set, learned how to pump blood and do rigs and this and that, and just, you know, slowly learned make effects, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then met Todd Masters. And, um, that w- that went right into uh, Tales from the Crypt because he was doing uh, the last two seasons of Tales. So once I started working for him, I was really learning more and more, and uh, a lot of hands-on work. And I kept bugging him, saying, "You know, I, I you know, I should get in a suit. You know, a good size, a zombie, mummy. Always thought of that my whole life. Uh, anyways, you know, uh, not really wanting to be an actor, but I always just thought being the monster was yeah. just coolest job in the movie you know yeah. it's the guy i always liked and rooted for anyway so and uh he i did a couple of tales in the crypt and then um when that season ended the last season we went into uh, a demon night and so i well in a bunch of suits of that you know there's a bunch of monsters in that mm-hmm. and then from there uh and b those guys howard berger and greg saw demon night and they had dust till dawn coming up so uh, a couple of us got hired just through that you know, they called up Todd and he gave him our numbers. And from there, I went and just, you know, they went to Optic Nerve and just kept meeting people and working at different shops. And uh, a lot of me being in suits, too, was a hands-on thing. So it's convenient. Mm-hmm. You don't really necessarily go through casting to have that job. Uh, sometimes, you know. But um, a lot of productions would leave it up to the makeup guys. They know what they're doing, you know. And they'd say, we have the guy, you know, doesn't complain does his thing, knows what to do. He's not a dancer or a stunt guy who doesn't know how to move. You know, you know, our people actually love monsters and think about them all the time, you know, so it makes a big difference. And, uh, so that's how I ended up, you know, work just years and years like that. Just, uh, just knowing everybody. Was it, uh, did, was it, were you cool with it right away? Like being encased in makeup or like, uh, in, in the rubber? Yeah, I took to it right away. It was, yeah. 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 I already knew what the deal was sort of. So, uh, and I also knew that if I wanted to get the jobs and make the money, that keep my mouth shut and not complain, you know? (laughs) Right. But also knew just through being a part of it, uh, what kind of technically works and doesn't work or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? So even doing gags and things like that, uh, were much easier and we just get that stuff done in one take. Um, because we'd work on it. And I'm like taking in an actor who's not paying any attention or or knows any of the guys who are doing all the effects and stuff. Uh, I'd just be a part of that team. So it would just it, it would just move a lot smoother. Yeah. And we just get stuff done, you know. One take, which is usually when you're doing a, you know, a practical effect, usually they leave you one take. It's like if that blood gag doesn't work or some major gag, they'll just move on, you know. Then you lose that cool effect you wanted to do in the film. So you got to nail that stuff like first time. And did it also help uh, reverse? So like uh, after, after you've actually played uh, the creatures and monsters, did it help you w- uh, with, with uh, actors who weren't used to it? So maybe you could like kind of walk them through it easier. Once Sometimes you like, yeah, those would mostly be like group scenes where there'd be like a gang of them, you know, and they'd hire a bunch of dancers for a day, 
mm-hmm. and put them in like cheaper looking suits, like in Demon Knight when they're all growing. All those people behind us, main. There were four of us that had major makeups and were the main demons. And you know they were all dancers, so you know they were like take them to the side and you know kind of show them movements and stuff. And even then, they're still like dancing. And even <laughs> yeah. if we watch the movie, some of them were like, uh, you know, it's like, well, okay. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes it would be like that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, when uh, I watched it, was I think you were on um, Extra or something at the time when uh, Demon Knight mm-hmm. came out, and I noticed. Um, it's a very strange walk because they they build stuff so your legs look like hooves and stuff. Uh, how hard was that to to pull off? And uh, and and actually, any injuries from doing something like that or, or anything else in a movie? That, that was pretty tough, and um, that was probably the toughest thing I wore with those Demon Knight suits because they weren't actually suits. I mean, we had the stilts, which a guy in the shop built, you know, yeah. and they were they were okay. So they were maybe six inches tall. But we'd be on our toes. So all of our weight was on the toes, which were bent. Um, so, yeah, my arches were in big trouble after that show. And they were not that hard. They were pretty lightweight, but um, they weren't that hard really to move in. And we could get up the stairs and everything. I, you know, I practiced a lot at home. I took them home and, and practiced quite a bit. And um, and then it was a little hairy on set because some of that were, were up on the railings, up on that walkway in that building. There's no railings. So we're up on those stilts and we're half blind because we've got big giant, you know, helmets right. on. Can't even barely see out of and stuff. And, you know, it's like you got three feet of, of walkway and then it's, you know, it's another story down into cardboard boxes, which I don't want to land on, which I, I never understood that anyways. When they fall like that, they land in cardboard boxes. So mm-hmm. that's supposed to break your your fall or. Yeah. yeah, that's what breaks your fall. Yeah. Large cardboard boxes looks horrifying. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of work getting those. And then those makeups were, uh, just pieces. So a lot of our own bodies were showing, we had gloves on and then a little chest piece, uh, just to make like rib cages and then a hip piece, which had a battery pack in it, in the crotch, like a big Makita battery, those old Makita drill guns for the tails to move, which you barely even see you know in the movie <laughs> yeah and um and then the helmets and i had mechanical hands which were all extended um so it was a lot of stuff and then the rest was all paint and we had to use packs at the time there was no water-based paints to use they tried some at first but we just sweated off and it didn't look that good so we used the packs paint which is of course prosade paint which is medical adhesive and you couldn't scrub that stuff off so yeah it was it was it was painful we had a lot of ripped little areas of our skin where that you just can't get the rubber off. You know, it just becomes part of you. So that that was that was a lot different than the next movie, which was Dust Till Dawn, where it was an actual rubber suit, which you just slide into, and then the feet slide on, and they glue onto the rubber so it doesn't touch you, and the gloves slide on, and you have a light makeup on, and you're good to go. You know, hmm. what, what was this set That's on actually- Dust Till Dawn like? Because uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dust Till Dawn. Uh, I assume it had to be fun. It's almost like you're playing in, in this bar and you've got Fred the Hammer Williamson around. And- yeah, it was it was really fun. And um, Demon Knight was kind of treacherous. And then, of course, we'd only had only done stuff for Todd. So that was the first time I met the guys at K&B. And that's okay. where I met Wayne Toth because he was a K&B crew. And he's a vampire in it, too. Um, almost all the K&B guys are vampires in that, um, which is something I always liked about K&B studios is that they're such monster fans and of course anybody who works 
that I've been on a lot of films with them where there's a, a, like a gang of zombies or vampires or whatever. And uh, it's always their crew of guys. They get to like sculpt their own makeup, do each other's makeup, like really monster fan stuff, which I always really appreciated about, about those two guys. But it was fun. Uh, it was a much more comfortable thing to wear, like I said, because it was just like big rubber pajamas. And, uh, you know, we were still quoting Pulp Fiction and Quentin Tarantino's there writing. We saw him a couple times. I got a couple photos with him with my suit on. And, um, and of course, I'd seen Desperado, and I thought that was really cool, you know, Rodriguez's film. Absolutely. So it was exciting. Um, yeah. And then it was a lot of fun, and it was just a lot of action in that, in that pool room. We spent... I think two or three weeks there and uh, a lot of jumping over fire bars and, you know, and he would just lay on like a, a, you know, a little thing on his back with wheels on it and uh, with the camera like this pointing up. And of course we need to be jumping over the camera and none of it was that choreographed really. We just got to go and everybody's just kind of running and, sliding and falling down and tripping over things and jumping over the camera. But he says, just watch out because I'm going to be rolling all over the place. So just, so that it was, it was exciting and fun like that. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like another guerrilla filmmaking project almost, even though it was, you know, large uh, budget. Yeah. And I, that, that was almost the first tales movie. Dust till dawn. Oh, really? Like that was going to be uh, well, a tales from the Crypt Dust, movie. Yeah. Dust till dawn and demon night. They floated around Hollywood for about 10 years. Those two scripts. They'd get to a certain point, you know, and they'd be red light and almost get green lit. They'd be, you know, mm-hmm. and so they floated about forever. And uh, originally, Dustal Dawn was going to be first one they had optioned that. And I think a couple other stories, too. And then um, and then they ended up going with uh, with Demon Knight, which originally had the, uh, all the demons were like it described like men in black guys and black suits and sunglasses yeah and at one point during pre-production todd todd masters went in the meeting and said this thing's gonna fail this is gonna be crap because you're demon knight and with no demons (laughs) he goes we can make some cool fucking monsters for this you know and they said okay go design some stuff and that's when they him and the guys at the shop started designing those those monsters with that you know I thought they were just cool looking monsters. I don't know. They kind of pumped yeah, the no, they look awesome. They look. They kind of remind me of the um, the gremlin from uh, from um, Twilight Zone. The movie Twilight Zone. Yes, that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And then they had nipple rings and nose rings, and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I always thought mine looked like Gene Simmons. He had like a top knot of hair <laughs> on him. And, yeah. <laughs> so your wife didn't go see uh, Demon Knight or Dustal Dawn. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of those I don't I don't think I went to a premiere of that. Okay. Um at that point everything's becoming uh like, uh, like I think I I kind of came in in 92 93 at the very end of sort of the uh the makeup rock star thing. Mm-hmm. Uh and and also kind of the swag era where you work on a film you just get like piles of swag and stuff. Like really nice stuff, you know. Right. Nice hats, jackets, all kinds of like really cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, that died. And you'd go to a, you know, you'd have a screening, at least a cast and crew screening that doesn't even exist anymore. Any of that stuff, you know, usually crews will make their own shirts and things. And uh, I'd spent the last seven, eight years at legacy effects, working on all the Marvel stuff, 
mm-hmm. and uh, running foam latex over there for them. And um, yeah, I, I think we saw, I think we saw Apocalypse. And out of all those movies, that's the only one I think I we went and actually saw as a screening. You know, really, that's unfortunate. And it was terrible. And it was like, oh, is this because it's terrible? <laughs> is that why you're sending us to this one? <laughs> I did not care for that film. <laughs> uh, it was age, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan either. Up to it, but uh. that's kind of beat up over the. You know, after a while, all that stuff got is too much of it, anyways, for me. The, the superhero Marvel. stuff. Yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. Got a little old. Yeah. What well, what kind of movies are you a fan of? You know, are you a fan or? Oh uh, yeah, I'm mostly an old school horror fan. Modern horror. Not so much. Um, I'm a big Western fan. Okay. And, uh, you know, most of my favorite stuff uh, is kind of from the 50s and 60s. I mean, I like film noir, too. I like anything from, you know, like 30s, 40s, any film noir stuff. I, I like all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like a lot of modern Westerns, too. But modern horror, uh, mm, it's not so much my thing anymore, you know. And uh, yeah, I watch a lot of old movies. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I like I like new and old movies. But so, uh, like growing up, um, so like when I mean, you said old school horror, do you mean because uh, you said fifties and sixties? But was that more like the westerns? Like what what a what era of horror movies? Yeah, well, I grew up so I'm sixty four this year, so I grew up in the sixties. So everything that i remember was the beatles and universal monsters mm-hmm. that's like that's all there was you know i mean universal monsters were like sold right to me and my age group yeah, yeah. i mean i, I, I have i have them here too i'm a big fan so. yeah 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 <laughs> if i could just have my old aurora long boxes i had when i was a little kid i'd love that you know and uh, uh i think i bought those every time they came out no matter what the <laughs> chain were the bigger boxes the square ones then the glow ones all of them. Yeah. And uh, so I grew up during that era. So even as like six and seven, I mean, my, I could watch Creature Preacher Nights on my parents would let me watch the Dracula and Frankenstein and, you know, all those. Uh, so I grew up on those things. And um, and of course, I had any toy from that era um, shirts. And then, you know, I dress up when I was five, six, seven years old. I dress up as Dracula or a mummy or uh a clown or so actually that's always been sort of part of my life um yeah from what all I was that told, stuff ever, still holds up too i think all of it's still very creepy looking and, and looks great yes yes yeah yeah i was at a convention recently and i was with jake and then i was like jake do you even know any of these new monsters you know the little pumpkin head guy the black <laughs> and white clown i was just joking around too with yeah, yeah. like going in our table so we're just goofing around i'm like all we had when i was a kid was frankenstein that's all you needed <laughs> <laughs> who would have been your favorite then frankenstein or you said dracula uh, a couple times yeah my favorite when i was a kid was dracula for some reason but i was mostly i think scared of the wolf man i think that was the most frightening to me for some reason and Frankenstein was no, I don't remember being frightened of that. I remember being more sympathetic, even as a child, to that story. Yeah. And, um, but Wolfman always was pretty scary to me. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, really, Frankenstein, uh, the doctor is really the, 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 um, the monster or the, the, uh, the villain of that movie. The monster yeah. is actually, like you said, it's a sympathetic character. 
even in the even in the the better brighter frankenstein which is the best mm -hmm. of all of them uh yeah the other scientist is evil too you know care about anything you know so yeah i grew up on that stuff and then um you know then i was still into horror even growing up in the 70s as a teenager i mean anytime a hammer film came out we'd go see that my cousin and i and then we loved uh of course there were the count yorga movies remember those yeah and uh, that's what we had in the 70s though that was our horror films you know i can't think of any other uh american ones so much and then we go see everything you know amityville horror and and all those which boy you look back at those movies now and i'm like was it was that scary to me when i was a teenager <laughs> separate. Pretty, i don't know those you get the uh, it's just kind of basic the two glowing eyes but it's still yeah kind of yeah, yeah. then you had the omen which actually had like it was almost like uh uh pre you know like friday the 13th or whatever in a way just because there was like a series of kills right right other movies didn't have those and i remember when omen came out it was like Oh, it was a series of like spectacular effect kills. Yeah, it was a great beheading and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Did you ever get a chance to play in a western? No, no, never. Not even a oh yeah, I guess so. I was in Jonah Hex. Okay, I guess so, Dust yeah. for Dawn is almost a western in its own it way too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, Jonah Hex. But I was cut out. They read. They film that movie twice and uh i went out and played like an old zombie prospector uh or oh, I, I don't know if he was a prospector but he's a zombie and an old prospector comes up and like knows that there's gold and pulls a gold tooth out and i forget what happens i can get out of the grave and kill i forget anyways but they had shot that whole movie and then reshot it then the stuff i was in was gone mm -hmm. which was a better script actually it was like a bunch of vignettes about him it was a totally different day. I saw that then the theatrical one, I was didn't care for it. Jonah Hex yeah. too much. So yeah, I think that's the closest Western I've been in. Yeah. That's unfortunate. How about, uh, so Bordello Blood comes out. Um, you work on that too. Was there ever, we'll talk about that, but was there talks to do a third um, Tales from the Crypt uh, movie? No, well, if you remember they did. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where they, you know, kind of jumped the shark because they went cheap production for bordello they shot it in canada mm -hmm. <laughs> one of the many producers uh mr adler he directed it and um so they had a completely different crew and it was shot somewhere else now when that came uh before it came out uh, we did some stuff at todd's for it we did the vampire when she's like coming alive it eats the guy's heart i did that scene i'm in that suit and then we did some other effects and uh, just to kind of fill it out and um and then they made that third one which was like straight to viewmaster i forget <laughs> what that was called the relic or the oh, was it the okay. relic i'm not sure but okay they did it uh, still had the key in it it's funny you said viewmaster actually my brother my brother and i were at a a, a toy store recently sold old toys and they had the old viewmaster that we had that yeah. would actually project onto this onto the wall oh, cool and we're like oh man it's even the same box but yeah 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 oh that's neat yeah i, I like those things. those things were cool yeah um but um i forget what the original question was so yeah, yeah we did some work but um ritual ritual much, by the way ritual okay um the thing that changed so much or made demon knight so good was after uh, tales ended as 
the TV show, it went straight into that. So it was like doing a longer tales episode because it was the same crew. So mm -hmm. everybody was the same effects, uh, makeup effects, uh, camera crew, everybody. So it was like that same family just doing an extended version, which I think is why it turned out so good. Because mm -hmm. we'd have directors every different episode. So that wasn't even, that was the same kind of change. And uh, um, and then when they went to do Bardello, they just 86 that idea. And I think that's why it kind of wasn't wasn't quite the same. Yeah, I love Demon Knight. Bordello's all right, but yeah, it's um, the Demon Knight's a genuinely like really fun movie too. It uh, doesn't have the tales feel to yeah, it. That's very true. The movie still felt like the show to me in a way. You yeah. know, it still had that feel to it. Because um, even when you said about Dust Till Dawn, I could see that being a Tales from the Crypt idea yeah. because it's a very fun movie and it kind of bends genres, which I think would be like the big twist in a Tales from the Crypt episode. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dust Dawn is a cool movie because the horror stuff's in the beginning with the humans. And it's yeah. like a cartoon afterwards, you know. I always yeah. thought that was a cool juxtaposition just to have those two parts like that. Yeah. And have the human the scariest part of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That, that's, uh, yeah. And then uh, I did three. Well, Dust Dawn three was that Hangman's daughter. And I played a couple vampires in that. Yeah. Oh, okay. And wore a bodysuit that was from Wishmaster that I wore in Wishmaster. That's oh, how that stuff. Does that happen often? You know, all like, the time. You have the suit, might as well use it again. Or all the time. <laughs> yeah, one of the great ones for me is uh, in Mandalorian. Which I was mm -hmm. working when I was working at Legacy. We did all that stuff for Mandalorian, including keeping that puppet quiet for a whole year, which was amazing. I don't know how how that was pulled off in this day and age, but yeah. we kept it quiet. Nobody knew about that sucker. And uh, is the Frog Lady. Who then her husband is the same head with just a little oh, bit different okay. thing glued on. And that's from some Geico commercial from like 20 years ago. <laughs> they needed oh. a frog person. Yeah. So they just pull it. Oh, we got a big frog head. <laughs> yeah, we have Geico one here. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then they do, you know, see a little bit to sculpt it a little bit different, put a couple sure. things on it, you know, some different little spots yeah. or whatever. Might as well uh, recycle it. But yeah. Yeah. But that stuff happens all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So I was uh, I had a guest on not that long ago, and he talked about so he got his head cut off in the, it was Friday Thirteenth Part Five, and mm -hmm. then he he tried to track down his severed head, and they knew where it was, and and apparently it's been in like all these movies and had bullet holes in it and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, it would be fun for him to track down all the movies his head was in. But he, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. Yeah, stuff gets redone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh Mandalorian, uh um so what what are you working on currently? You said you did some stuff for Mandalorian. Uh, that's it. I'm kind of semi-retired now. Okay. Yeah. Um I mean I was I worked up till last August at Legacy. And uh I live in Oregon now, so I'm up here. Actually, it just snowed all night. Oh really? It's covered in snow up here. Yeah. yeah I'm in Massachusetts. <laughs> it's kind of cold, but it's not snowing at the moment. But last thing I worked on there was uh, Guardians 3, which mm. was so uh, one of the longest things I've ever worked on. Really? In a good on. way or a bad way or just? In a good and bad way. I mean, I was working in the shop, so I was producing pieces and doing that, you know, mm -hmm. and it was a lot, a lot of work. There's so much practical stuff and it's unbelievable. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but there's all those animals and that. Yeah, just, yeah. That I like, I, those. 
Uh, I'm a little burnt out on comic movies too, but I do like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie because they kind of seem more to me like a, an adventure, almost like a Star Wars kind of movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that was the last thing I did there, and that went on and on and on and on and on and on. And I finally got out of there in August. So uh, yeah, I just kind of uh, taking it easy right now and uh, just looking for the next thing. And, you know, I got conventions coming up, stuff like that. There's a few public appearances still. And then I play drums in a band and we were constantly recording and touring. And yeah, so well, I spent most uh, of my time. What is, it? is this the band Pink Todd and uh, the Rank Outsiders? I was actually watching some of you guys on. Uh, Pat, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's us. That was, yeah, yeah. You, I saw you on the drums. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my latest musical endeavor, at least. And, uh, Pat's been around a long time. He's been in the LA punk scene as I was too. Uh, we never crossed paths though, which is strange. Um, it's not that big of a town to LA. And so, yeah, I've been in his band for about seven years. Yeah. He's a guy that works at legacy. Oh, he's worked there. Yeah. He'd been there from the stand days. He, you know, when Stan used to own the shop and, uh, yeah. When uh, it kind of seems like things are going, there is a turn, uh, like a comeback of practical effects. But when CG really started to take over, how did that affect your work? You know, not so much. Everybody said that, you know, oh, you'll never run foam again and this and that. And it's like, okay, yeah. And yes, to a certain degree, uh, I noticed it mostly with like brand new shops that would open up and uh, they wouldn't even build like foam rooms. I mean, it's such a staple, the foam rubber for just about everything. Now, makeup's changed a lot because makeups are pretty much 99% silicone now. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's mostly what they wear are silicone makeups. But working at Legacy, I mean, we used to get 55-gallon drums of foam rubber. I mean, I I ran it for years, day in, day out. So it's still very much a practical thing to use. And yeah, I saw that. I saw that kind of die off um and then really not used correctly so you got a bunch of dated films now with really bad cgi you know yeah when i was saying about like the universal stuff like that still holds up and i really think like a lot of the classic horror stuff really holds up and even bad practical effects i think has like a charm to it where cg even yeah. some of the stuff that was considered great at the time like um the the prequel star wars movies actually that that stuff does not hold up and and no. like the stuff that was cheaper really looks very bad it, it looked horrible when i went to see those you know mm -hmm. i took my kid when those came out it's like oh you get to see the old star Wars. and i was like what the what yeah, did they do yeah, yeah. You the, do these the original yoda's great uh and jabba the hut he's like now he's uh looks like a cartoon yeah, no, 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 no. And, yeah. yeah. but i watched that you know that it's, you know like take that van helsing movie and the horrible cgi and that and stuff whereas like at the time i was always like why don't they use the cgi for what you can't physically do and then cut to the real thing especially in a close-up or something and then give us that real thing because it's it that's how we react we don't we don't know how yeah, it I happens think, but right even if you even if you don't know why it just doesn't look right to your eyes i don't know yeah, no and i saw it go from that to you know where it's completely utterly convincing like the planet of the apes movies the more modern ones where that last, you know, those things totally sell. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you that's not a real ape. I think they look fantastic. And, uh, um, the movies I can watch once and I've seen it, unfortunately, but, um, 
But I think that the motion capture is to such a degree. And now they've all gone back to practical. It's like they got it to a, to a state where it's just like totally sellable. And now it's gone back to practical. It's like right. the Guardians, James Gunn. He wants everything is practical in it. Even if it's there for two seconds, um, it's going to be a suit or a puppet or a makeup. So a lot of younger directors, after all that time of that CGI for however many years, younger guys came up and went, you know what? I want to go back to practical. So it's, I see more of it now. It's so odd. Film's odd how it goes like that. You I, know? Honestly, it's a selling point for a lot of uh, horror movies. Uh, like, oh, this is all practical. Like, uh, you know, they, they want to tell that to fans. They think, you know, it's more appealing to people. And it is. And now you have like something that jumps out of nowhere. Um, like, uh, uh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue and then and, uh, forgot about it. Uh, Terrifier 2, which is like a whole 80s throwback. Yeah, of just gore effects and yeah. nice practical effects and just off the wall. You know, it reminds me of an '80s movie very much. So, you I, know, how I say it, it seems like an '80s slasher movie if they didn't have to worry about the uh, about censors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the cool part about that was back, you know, back in the day when Toby Hooper and they're all making their movies is, you know, I always love that about. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about censors anymore, do you? You certainly dealt with language and other things on TV, so I don't think movies either. But back in the day, like '80s or you know '90s, they used to always do that thing where they 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 cut away from like all the uh, or, well, or they just d do a scene that was completely they knew was going to get cut, which had <laughs> right. nothing to do with their movie whatsoever, and they'd all do that, and then they'd shoot that. The MPAA would see it and go, "Well, that's just all you know. We got to cut that," and then the shit that was still they would have cut before the director gets in because he puts up more outrageous in to get cut out, which was a trick. I thought that was always so cool that they would do that you know? <laughs> yeah. and trick those bastards. So do you like the terrifier? Do you like the terrifier movies or uh, I liked it for that effect right. uh, for that, you know, just, I, I liked it because of that. Yeah. 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 I, um, it was very weird. Uh, so I saw the first one. I had a lot of people on before it really started to get a buzz because I liked it. And then the, what was weird, the second one going to see it at the theater and it's like so graphic and there, there's like, it's kind of fun to me knowing like there's pretty much kind of normal people here who think they're going to see like a, a traditional horror movie and you're just seeing like the most graphic stuff like yeah, on yeah, screen. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny to me, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw some people leave and stuff, but it's also good oh, for, really? um, no, for good. independent uh, horror films that a movie that has a, it's a bigger budget than like people I know make movies, but still not nearly to like, you know, millions of dollars. And then it played so long in the theaters and stuff. I think that's, you know, good for people. Yeah. Yeah. Did they give out bar bags or anything like back in the day? They did not. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a good idea though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the I love those kind of those promotions and stuff are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I went to see um they showed the 13 ghosts uh the old William Castle movie. Mm -hmm. And they gave out the the old uh the glasses where if you were too afraid, you look through the one the one eye and you wouldn't see the ghost. And if you look yeah, the yeah, other yeah. Eye, it was very fun. It wasn't a very horrifying ghost, anyways. No, it was <laughs> not, yeah. But the experience it was so cool to say I went and saw it that way. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Uncle Salem's in the chat says, I love this dude. Hiya, Walter. It's Paul Canellis uh, from Final Horror Convention. How you doing, Paul? 
and uh he says uh, he hates cg blood it's that's true i do think cg blood never looks very good also fire oh, terrible oh yeah i don't know if anybody's doing that anymore um unfortunately one of the forces i've seen is in devil's rejects which is when they're in the hotel room and she gets stabbed i forget who it is but boy yeah it doesn't it doesn't work why you wouldn't do a blood gag i don't know Unless the actor's completely like, I can't have corn syrup on me. You're getting paid. <laughs> You're getting corn yeah. syrup on you. I mean, you could do blood effects so well. It's, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. No. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that anymore, are they? Um, I know not that one go on um, Walking Dead. They would still do the, the CG. Oh, blood really? And it, was, it would huh. really take you out of it. It's weird. Because like, the zombies yeah. are cool, then they'd have the CG blood spatter. Yeah, yeah, no, not for me. So, oh, uh, Devil's Rejects, we shouldn't bring up. Um, so, how how early on did you know that your your scene would not be in the in the final cut? Like right away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he. Uh, I think Rob just wanted it as some kind of safety measure, you know. So yeah, pretty much right away. Um, like the day after, I think. But. It was fine. We shot because then I still got to make up a couple of the times. We went up to the, uh, the ranch up uh, in Newhall and uh, shot like when they're raiding the house. And we shot a couple things there, me getting in an ambulance and uh, some other stuff that you really don't see during the during the first credits. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then we did that. You could kind of tell that, you know, even if you watch like the documentary where he's laughing and he thinks it's goofy and uh which it is kind of goofy it's a cool thing though and that was one of those get it done once or it's, we can't reset so that 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 effect on rosario yeah. wayne had done like three levels to that thing so he had he had a, an underlying piece uh and then he had another piece that was like stretchy stuff then he had the actual skin appliance over it which he had already sculpted like finger holes in almost like a bowling ball. So I could just stick my fingers in and I had to grab the top prosthetic and then the gooey stuff, but not the third layer. Right. Pull that off. It would have ruined the gag and they got to hit the blood. So yeah, that was one of those things where once we finally, you know, we started it with me holding her throat already and the guy's grabbing my arm and, you know, five men grabbing my arm. And it's like, all right, but that's not going to work because you guys are really grabbing and yanking my arm and I, it's just not going to work. You know, I'm not really a monster, so I don't have the strength of an ox. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're like, okay, so then they just played it, you know, a little easier. And uh, that thing is stretched forever. I thought it was never going to snap, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it was so cool. And she was really happy because she loves horror films, Rosario. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was all excited. No, when I got cut, she was disappointed, but yeah. yeah. It still is a very, it is a cool scene and talk about CG blood. I mean, that's real, uh, well, not real blood, but it's uh, practical blood and it looks awesome. Yeah, it's about 10 gallons of blood coming out of there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was soaked, you know, and um, so that was a lot of fun and um, it wouldn't have fit in that movie. No, it's, it's a very, yeah. yeah. He had changed the world me. so much. I mean, those people weren't even the same people. So, mm -hmm. you know. Cause you wonder about that, but Rob's funny like that. He doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. You know, this is my idea now. And this is how it is. What well, doesn't make any sense. I don't care. You know, yeah. cause I was like, what happened? What, 
this makes no sense. How does that guy <laughs> not an albino? Where yeah, the, the, the Bill Mosley character, especially, is complete. Uh, the other, he's not even like Sid's a little. It's more realistic, but you could still kind of see him guy. But the Mosley character is just a completely different person. Well, you can't not be an albino. You got pink eyes and white skin. That's just you know, you're Edgar Winter. That's it. So, <laughs> so that was confusing to me. But I, I saw what he did, and whatever. People love that movie, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of questions. That's not the house. There's no way that's the same house. Where is everybody? Where are all the victims? Where's the rest of the family? Yeah. Where's that? You know, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So yeah, it it's a it's a it's like a cool movie on its own, but it's, it's very bizarre that it's so it's completely different than the original one. It's almost yeah. like he remade his own movie, but as like a realistic version or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what's funny. He'll do what he wants, you know. He doesn't. He's a funny that guy one like actually that. did really well with the critics. I know uh, Roger Ebert like gave it a really good review, which you know he notoriously hated horror movies. So. Really, yeah. And I don't know if House ever got a good review, maybe from horror people, but I don't think from mainstream, you know. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, it's kind of a notorious thing. And then there's a cool documentary, you know, you see the whole scene and us talking about it and him talking about why he cut it and all that. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of cool it became notorious yeah and it's good that it, they didn't get burned up like uh the footage from uh house of a thousand yeah. corpses yeah well we'll see like i said those dvds are coming out so i don't know what he's going to put on those things mm -hmm. um the other extra footage he had on older versions of house were like guys standing around a pit digging a hole <laughs> if, you, if you've <laughs> ever seen that stuff it was like extra footage of like it's a bunch of guys digging a hole. This is <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I've always wanted ending. to see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see that original ending and then what it was supposed to be like, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, when when you start to meet everyone from the movies at the conventions, uh, well, first of all, going to the conventions uh, right away, like, did you, uh, what did you think they'd be like and how different were they once you started to go? Uh. I thought it was a stupid idea because I was like, why <laughs> would anyone want to do that? I don't understand. You know, why would somebody want my autograph? I don't get it. And um, and then I started uh, getting booked around a little bit and they were all kind of terrible around L.A. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, one O.J. was at one. And really? uh, yeah, <laughs> and we were in like the all oh, there was there used to be a mall in Northridge and it was all derelict and that's where they had one of them. And uh, yeah, OJ was there signing footballs and stuff. That was really creepy. And, <laughs> I and laugh, like, but yeah, it's very talk about a horror convention. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I did a few of them, and then it was like, eh, these things, this is kind of creepy. Just sit here all day, and nobody really knows. I don't know. And then eventually, I think I did a Days of the Dead or something bigger, or went to Toronto, and it was like huge. And I was like, oh, this is pretty fun, you know. And uh, and then slowly started getting booked on different ones. and. And that's continued. That's been that's been a long time now. I think oh maybe two thousand four, two thousand five, maybe oh five is the first one I did. And uh, so they're fun. That they, I mean, it's insane what's happened with those. Yeah, it never it used to up. be. I mean, when I was first into horror, even in you know in the nineties, there was there was Fango Convention, which hit three cities. Mm -hmm. I think they did New York, LA, and what, San Francisco, maybe, or Chicago, or something like that. And that was your whole year of horror conventions. You had Comic Con, but people sold comic books there, you know. And then in LA, there, there, there still is, and for a long time, was this celebrity 
signing that the shrine, I think the shrine, which would happen. And that had been around a long, long time, which kind of a slashy comic book convention. And then leftover 50s and 60s stars, you know, signing yeah, autographs. That's that still cool. happens, that show. Yeah. Um, those are actually some of my favorite, like Chiller and things like that, where it's... Uh, yeah, I've never been to one because uh, I started the show in late 2005, 2006. And at that time, um, I'd have people on like Ben Chapman from Chiller. And and it was cool because it was the people that were still around from like the 50s movies, like you're talking like Kevin McCarthy. And um, you could meet anybody Brooks those. from Play Nine from Outer Space and stuff like that. You know? And a lot of old bands or people who were in old bands, stuff like that. Uh, I'm a big Alice Cooper fan and uh, never saw like the original band. And uh, I did I did a chiller. I forget what year. And then the next year, like the original band was all there signing. Oh wow! So I kind of I they're like we don't like to have guests twice. And I said, if you give me a table, I'll pay my own way. Yeah. So I spent most of my time at their tables, getting shit signed. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. old schools out albums and stuff. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, and then they played usually chillers, the band an old band will play. So they played that night. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah. really cool yeah there's uh one in it's um in worcester it's, it, it ended just a few years ago but uh rock and shock and they would during the day it was a convention and then at night they would have uh, the rock concert is it uh, gone now yeah unfortunately oh. i was i think uh the last one i went to was the last year they did it, it was like two years ago i think but oh, rob, okay. rob yeah. zombie did one year was was the musical guest and um the year i went it was um misfits i think and Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I did one or two of those. I think that's where I first met Ari, Ari Lehman. Oh, okay. And he was playing and uh Yeah, he's playing the, the keytar. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing his keytar. That's back when it was just kind of him. Now he's got a full band going. Oh, he so. does. Okay. I saw him play oh, the keytar yeah. at the Viper Room in LA when I was out there for uh actually for the Days of the Dead uh, where where I did the yeah. panel with you. Yeah. And you saw my band that night. Oh, okay. Yeah. My old punk band, RF7, we played that night. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so I was there for that, too. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put that together. So, yeah. Yeah, nobody came to that convention. Yeah, it was... Uh, people told me at the uh, at the time, like, uh, LA's hard to do a, a, a convention because people are used to seeing everyone already in LA. So, you have to have, like, a really like a name yeah, that really it, stands out i guess la is just that kind of a place i mean you know i spent my whole life there playing in bands and stuff and everybody's in a band or everybody's an actor or uh, you know and uh yeah even playing i remember the first time we went out of town and played shows and it was like well everybody comes to this club and stays all night because in la group people come see the band they'd all split come see the next band they'd all split like in one evening you know right. that's just kind of because it's kind of how it was in that in that in that city so yeah that that not so good that's why i got out of there too i was sick of living in la <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most people don't like living i've only been there a handful of times visiting so it's a different feel for me yeah it's uh, yeah it's great to visit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was out there a few months ago and it was uh i mean it's never the greatest uh area like off uh off hollywood boulevard but it was it was not a pleasant experience uh <laughs> a lot of people abandoned cars with people just passed out in them and i was like oh, oh yeah great that must yeah. be a fentanyl season yeah it was it was 
And I had gone out uh, 2019. I was out there. I filmed my first uh, feature film. And then so we were at the premiere in 2022. And uh, it had gone downhill a lot in those three years. Yeah. 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 That's why I did it up here to Oregon. It's cold, but it's nice. Nice and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, any uh, any any stories with Sid Haig since you didn't really get to meet him uh, when you're making it, but I'm sure you must have met him a lot at the at the conventions. Yeah, we hang out at the convention some. He was a kooky guy, um, screaming about Ronald Reagan or whatever. I don't know. We went to dinner once, and he told me about some film he was on, and he was just telling everybody at the table the story, and and they went. They were in South America or somewhere. And uh, and he was not doing anything. He was bored. And uh, scouts were going off to scout a location out in the jungle. So he's like, oh, okay. I said, oh, so I'll just go along. And they truck through the jungle and they find like a village. And he says, it's like real shit, like skulls on poles, huts, yeah. you know, a boiling pot, like the real shit, you know. <laughs> And so they entered, he said they entered the little area and the main guy handed this one scout like a hot bowl of something steaming. And the guy's like, I ain't fucking drinking that. <laughs> and I guess it said, well, somebody had to, because what's going to happen if we don't, you know, <laughs> you'll be in the, so he said he, yeah, yeah. he took, drank some of it. He's pretty sure it was some kind of blood or something. And, uh, and he said, so they did their thing and they were like, okay, well, let's go now. And, He's about halfway back to the jungle. He started hallucinating. And uh, he said he's been like two or three days just hallucinating out of his mind. <laughs> he had drank some kind of weird bloodberry mixture or something. <laughs> and then he talked about him and Lee Marvin getting in fights at bars and things like that. Because I was like, oh, you know, you're in a couple of Lee Marvin movies, like some of my favorite shit, you know, uh, like Emperor of the North Pole. You ever seen that? I have not seen that, no. Yeah, that's a great. That's Lee Marvin and Ernest Borgnine and Keith Carradine, and it's a Depression era movie where he rides the trains. And uh, Ernest Borgnine is like this—you'd hey, love it. He's uh, like this killer conductor guy. He's got a whole mm -hmm. case full of hammers and chains and shit. That when the bums are on the train, you know, he, oh, it's really good. Yeah. And Lee Marvin's going to ride his train no matter what. And uh, but um, Sid's in that. He's he's like yeah, the vagabond guy and couple of the scenes so yeah he said him and lee marvin go out to get the fights at bars <laughs> <laughs> that's what always struck me anytime i was around him uh like away from the conventions i had dinner with him once too is uh like he had um this crazy career like in old western tv shows and like uh you really spanned decades and it's really wild to think of all these different uh experiences he had well yeah from weird westerns to black exploitation movies, and you, you've seen any of those? You ever seen White Mama, Black Mama? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of the black exploitation movies. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. That one's really funny, and he's like a cowboy guy for no reason. <laughs> so odd. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, somebody's remaking Spider Baby. I think. I know. I saw that. That's a very bizarre film to remake. I think. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just got hit up. I uh, he was at. I was in Ontario at the uh, Creatures feature, or what was it called? I don't know. A few weeks ago in Ontario at a convention, and some guy's like, I'm remaking this. Do you want to be in it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> What's it pay? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I think, know, I, know it's, uh, I think it's uh, Dustin Ferguson is remaking it. Oh, okay. 
I don't know who this guy, I don't even yeah, remember yeah. who the guy was that came up. It could have been him. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. it's a very, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know who knows what they'll do with it, but it just seems, um, it's just a bizarre movie. And it's like, what's cool about it is Lon Chaney Jr.'s in it and Sid Haig, like a young Sid Haig. So you have like a horror icon from the previous generation and then a future horror icon. Yeah. From, Interesting, from huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sid used to say that his career was, uh, um, how do you explain his career? Um, we got to get Sid Haig. He'd get, you know, get somebody get Sid Haig, get me Sid Haig. And he said, then it'd be like, give me a Sid Haig. Give me someone like Sid Haig. <laughs> then it would go, who the fuck is Sid Haig? He goes, that was my career three times at least. It would go that way. Go up then down and up and down, you know, like a roller coaster ride, yeah. which was nice of Rob to like give him his last, like, you know, really yeah, put him, on, really the really put him yeah. on the map. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I he was their first guest ever on the show, uh, 2006. Uh, and we, I never interviewed anybody, and and he agreed to do it. So I was always really grateful to him, and he was always really nice and got me involved in the conventions and stuff. But um, but a really humble guy. And I remember in the interview, I asked him about you know getting the role of uh, Captain Spaulding later in his career, and he really talked about how much it meant to him. And uh, yeah, it it. Not only just in the movie stuff, but it really made his his career on the on the conventions too. And, yes. Uh, well, kind of made everybody that. Yeah, yeah. And he he was a guy that I always admired at the conventions because he he would when people would get kind of ridiculous with their prices, he would say something and and he would give like the free selfies and he would never raise his prices over like ten dollars for for his own autograph and maybe twenty if it's like his own picture and yeah. That pissed Bill off. Yeah, I think now it's probably like 75 bucks, like the lowest. I don't know, but yeah. Some people, yeah. But Some I remember people, there was yeah. there was a little while there when uh uh the walking dead got really big and th they started to charge to even to to like say hi to them. Like there was literally you had to pay 10 bucks to even go up. Even if you didn't buy Just anything, yeah. And Sid was like very against that, and so that didn't. Oh last yeah, long, which I was happy. Well, sure, they were having their own conventions for a while. So huge that I could have yeah. used a little piece of that. Never did play a zombie in any of those. The one of the old. He, it's got. It doesn't matter. But uh, so when I would be at the at the conventions as press, so I would host the panels and I'd go around and just get pictures of the whole thing, kind of like as B roll or whatever. And the yeah. only person that ever told me not to take their picture at their table was a guy who played one a zombie in like one episode of the show, and I was just like, okay, that's fine. But I was like, I mean, like you, you know, you played it's, a zombie in one episode of the show, and yeah, like, no, no pictures. I was like, okay. you're not, you're not on a <laughs> rocket ship to the stars, buddy. Right. <laughs> you should be grateful. Yeah. 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 That was very funny. I, I don't remember the person's name, but I just remember the incident, and I always thought it was very funny. I am. I'm totally grateful. I love the fans. I love doing them. You know, I like talking all day to people about movies and giving them whatever information they don't know. Or you know, I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. I see a lot of people. I see a lot that don't, and it's like I don't even know why they go there. You know. Yeah, I've never understood that either. Uh, I used to go to them a lot as uh, you know, doing the panels and stuff. And uh, you can kind of you can kind of see the people that genuinely enjoy being there and talking. Obviously, you're there to make money stuff, but 
people also enjoy talking to the the people that are part of what why they're successful or why they have a career and uh but then you would see people you could tell aren't happy to be there and i always thought and don't yeah do <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes i'll get in conversations for a long time or you know people want to know about uh younger people want or parents want to know about makeup schools and i'll rail on those forget that <laughs> <laughs> you can say save your 40 grand or whatever it is yeah, I, I tell them, I say, just get the phone numbers of the shops in San Fernando Valley. If you got that much money, you're willing to pay for a college. Just cold call those people and say, I'll work for free, you know, and nobody will pass that up. <laughs> that I mean, similar thing comes up a lot on the show for people. Most of the people I'm friends with who make movies didn't go to film school. And a lot of them say, you know, uh, they learned to do it working, you know, being on a set for a movie and you can yeah. pick up, you know, what to do. And because if of you course. do spend all that money, there's no guarantee you're actually even going to get a job making anything. No. And I, I'd see the other end of it at Legacy where something like Guardians or any of those giant shows, we'd need huge crews of people. So they'd need 10 people casting silicone appliances all day and night, you know. Mm -hmm you know some of them just cleaning the mold it's a hideous process you know uh cleaning it or prepping it or just casting you know you have all three of those processes and um they get you know there'd be 10 12 gals mostly gals not a lot of guys going to makeup anymore i don't know why it used to be exclusively and um i think their parents are just you know well what are you going to do with your life ah, okay well you're going to this school or you're you know you know what i mean yeah. and uh, and they come in and they end up making they move out of their whatever state they live in and move to california which is super expensive they end up making 10 bucks an hour and uh you know a lot of them end up going back home some of them stay some of them you know end up making a career out of it but yeah i'm not really that hot on makeup schools plus in today's day and age you pick up your phone there's a whole makeup school on your phone when yeah, i started yeah you early 90s when i started uh there were like three books. I mean, right. it was that was Tom Savini's thing, but that didn't teach you anything. That gave you a little bit of information and made you more confused. Then there was a, a 3D makeup book, which has these horrible, greasy makeups in it that everybody had. And uh, there wasn't much, you know, and you could get that information out of book, but still it was like, ah, I'm confused. I'm not, not, something's not sinking in. You know, now you go, you can get tutorials online and learn anything and everything. So yeah i think the same you know same goes with mo most things like um reading a cookbook is it the same as watching a video how to make something because yeah you know you can learn how to you watch you watching and doing it. it's a lot it's a lot easier way to learn than reading exactly. the technical side yeah yeah so i'm against him and whatever <laughs> i had i did have the tom savini book my brother bought it for me when i was a kid one or two i have both i'm not sure which one it was but not I, an I, original it, it was i remember it just showed like uh it was like rice crispy rice krispies i think for the face of uh oh on the uh the, the zombie yeah yeah and the and, uh the, the father father's day yeah yeah yes he had rice krispies on him <laughs> right <laughs> uh, uh so i'll ask one of these questions pepe Petit. um <laughs> not necessarily your favorite movie but what uh what movie you look back on uh that you had the most fun working on? most fun working on mm -hmm. yeah i'd like i said before it's probably dust till dawn and demon night those are the most fun it's kind of brand new you know to the thing so everything was still 
pretty new and exciting. You know, it wasn't, wasn't old hat, like I've been doing it for 10 years or something. So, so yeah, I was still excited about it. Movies are really good, I think. So, you know, I felt really lucky to at least not have to start out on some low budget level where I actually had some pretty good prominent horror movies to start with, you know. And uh, so, yeah, Dust Till Dawn was just a lot of fun. It was easy. And Demon Knight. Uh, but working with Rob is always fun. So just being around Lords of Salem was fun. Um, and uh, and working on his music videos. I uh, did three or four of those with him. And those are always fun. You know, he's like, okay, get in a robot suit. Okay, get <laughs> you're a monkey now. You're, a, you know, put on a Zombot head or whatever, you know. And uh, so those are really fun. Not so much fun, like low budget stuff. Um, you know, by the uh, 2000s, I was doing a lot of low budget stuff. Uh, a lot of either straight to video, some stuff never even seen, you know. And um, that got tiring real fast. Um, yeah, I've saved Dust Till Dawn, Demon Knight, are my favorites. Yeah, I just saw um, Dust Till Dawn recently. I go to a, tw- a 12 hour horror movie marathon on uh, <laughs> Halloween night. It's from yeah. midnight till noon the next day. Wow. And my friend Annabelle and I, it's always fun. She always brings a pillow to take a nap during one of the movies. But well, that's good. Yeah. And it was all it was vampire themed, and uh, one of them was Dawn of the Dead. Oh, cool. Uh, oddly enough, it was also the original uh, Dracula. So you, you would have been happy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, not Dawn of the Dead, Dust till Dawn, but yeah. Dust till Dawn and uh, the original um, Riddle Jiddle Dracula. Two very different movies, but both about vampires. Yes. Yeah. And Dracula is very different from that Mexican one, too, which yeah. is actually considered a better film. It is. It's technically a way. Have you ever watched those two together? Um, the Mexican one? I don't think so. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm a big fan of Nosferatu, but yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's the same movie. It's just cleaned up. Hmm. It's shot so much cleaner and edited so much better. Um, I don't know if you know the story because at night they'd go in and do, hmm. after the Belagosi day would end. The Mexican crew would go in. Oh, I do remember reading about this. Yeah, so they would watch dailies and improve on it. Now it's a different actor; it's not quite the same. But the actual technical shooting of the movie is so much better. It's really amazing. That's wild. Um, just so even in focusing and things like that, and 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 and, and close-ups and stuff. It's just it, yeah, it's just a much tighter movie. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting. Is, it, is that out there to see then? Like. Yeah, there's versions. I think I have a DVD where they have both on it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek this out. I'm very excited. Yeah, you got to check that out. It's really cool. And if you back to back them, you'll be like, oh, okay. I kind of see, kind of see that they were watching what they did during the day, and then you know, it's weird. It's a weird one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cool. And uh, where can people follow uh, yourself if you want them to, and uh, and your music? You know, Facebook or Instagram, just pop in, you know, my name or Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders, and it's all on there. I don't have a specific website, so, but yeah, you can get linked up through there. Just look it up on Facebook and, uh, you know, we're doing stuff all the time. Hmm. Supposedly going to Australia this year. Oh, really? We'll see. Yeah. Maybe November. Oh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Should be interesting. Yeah. Well, this has been very fun. I'm glad uh, this happened. Yeah, me too. It's good to see you again. You as well. Say hi to Annabelle. I remember her. Yeah, yeah. She uh not always on the show, but uh 
we went out for my birthday the other day so oh that's nice yeah i'll tell her you said hello you're looking great too by the way oh thank you i feel i feel much better yeah i bet yeah it's amazing yeah i can't quite fit in the uh in the tight body suits but uh i can't play the monsters but yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i lost my own i lost my own monster suit But the, I know I look better, but the main thing really is uh, much healthier. I feel much better physically and uh, mental well-being is also much better. And for people who don't awesome. know, I lost a lot of weight and not yeah. just lost weight, but I got healthy too. Right. Yeah. I know how hard those things are to do. So that's congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm going to play us out with the Mutant Reavers, our music of the month here. And uh, right. thank you, Walter, for joining me. Thanks, Dan. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. i